Joe Biden battles words again. A Democrat mayor uses the race card to leave taxpayers with her $30,000 flight upgrades. And an illegal immigrant commits a heinous crime. Not his first and likely not his last. Another week full of losers and I've picked my top three from a hefty stack. The show starts now. We are halfway through September, folks, and I know it seems like time is really flying until you remember this man still has 858 days left in office. Here he is, loser number one and always, Joe Brandon, battling his teleprompter and his own foot in his own mouth. There's driving a whole of government effort to unleash every possible asset within our power from NASA that knows more about radiation than any doctor does to the Defense Department that has the ability to calculate in the energy department, do a million billion calculations per second. And I want to thank all of you, the cancer patients, survivors, caregivers, and don't jump from up there, okay? And all, uh, for all the leaders assigned. You see, because there's a new life-saving knowledge to be gained that must be used for progress of all people, end of quote. And our Hey, some of my colleagues have been around a long. How long we've been fighting pharma? How long we've been taking on these interests? From the time I got to the Senate 720 years ago. 720 years ago. Those were all collected in the span of the last three days, mind you. And there was this. Not a gaffe, but rather poetic justice. During his speech about inflation reduction, this happened. Crisis. All right, I do not want to be a party crasher, but we interrupt this celebration for a hard, cold dose of reality. Stocks tanking because inflation is accelerating. The very inflation that the president said he's made great progress addressing, heralding his Inflation Reduction Act as the boon for the economy that we didn't see in a key number out earlier today. The Dow down 800 points thanks to a bad inflation report as Biden begins his celebration of inflation reduction. These headlines just write themselves. 858 days, people. It's like a reoccurring and geriatric nightmare. But moving on to loser number two. Now, Democrats living their best life with the mantra of for me but not for thee is standard Democrat stuff. But when you take that, you add taxpayer dollar suckage plus the race card. Well, you get New Orleans Mayor LaToya Contrell, who's refusing to repay money spent on luxury first class international business trips. Her upgrades alone total over 30,000 bucks. What business the mayor of New Orleans has in France and Switzerland is beyond me. But that's not the most egregious part of this whole thing. Wait until you hear her rationale. She said, and I quote, my travel accommodations are a matter of safety, not of luxury. As all women know, our health and safety are often disregarded and we are left to navigate alone. As the mother of a young child whom I live for, I'm going to protect myself by any reasonable means in order to ensure I am there to see her grow into a strong woman I'm raising her to be. Anyone who wants to question how I protect myself just doesn't understand the world black women walk in. There you have it. She can't travel economy class, which is required by her city's policy because black women are not safe in coach. 
When asked whether or not she will reimburse the thousands of dollars spent to the city for her travel upgrades, well, this is what she said. Uh, all expenses incurred doing business on behalf of the city of New Orleans will not be reimbursed to the city of New Orleans. One thing is clear, I do my job and I will continue to do it with distinction, with dignity and integrity every step of the way. And so that's what I have to say on that. I've heard a lot of things and a lot of excuses from Democrats as to why they are entitled to everything under the sun, but this is a new one. She's a loser, no doubt, but I do give her an A for creativity. But speaking of creativity, we hear a lot of wild murder stories, most coming out of lawless California, but this next loser isn't just a murderer. He's also a rapist and an illegal alien, a three-for-one on the loser jackpot. Jose Rafael Solano Landetta was arrested and charged last week with the beheading of his ex-girlfriend outside her apartment building in San Carlos, California, in broad daylight. He allegedly decapitated her with a samurai sword. She leaves behind two young daughters. But wait, there's more. Turns out Jose is not only a murderer, he's also in the U.S. illegally. Imagine that. Immigration sources revealed that he entered the country from Venezuela on a tourist visa 10 years ago, and he never left. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, not only did he allegedly behead his girlfriend, not only is he an illegal immigrant, he is also a criminal with a rap sheet that includes rape, a charge he served only three months probation for. Why was he still roaming the streets? Well, California's sanctuary state policy, which prohibits local law enforcement from cooperating with ICE. I'm sure he's just one of those misunderstood dreamers the Democrats are always telling us about. And I'm sure, like the legal immigrant who killed Kate Steinle in San Francisco seven years ago, he just found the samurai sword on the ground and it did the beheading all by itself. There you have it. Those are my losers of the week. Still ahead, Fox News resident funny man Jimmy Fela joins me to react to some outrageous headlines from the interwebs. Don't miss it. We're going to keep the fun and the lunacy going this Friday, Junior, with a roundup of some of my favorite OutKick headlines from this week. And who better to help me react and give what may be his unpopular opinion than Fox News' own Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, I'm going to start with this one right out the gate. All right, you're going to like this one. A Taiwanese nursing home has issued an apology for hiring a stripper to entertain residents at a veteran's nursing home. Now, the stripper spent 15 minutes performing for the veterans who were in the facility dealing with dementia and other disabilities. But in their apology, the party planners said they were just a little bit overzealous and wanted residents to feel the stripper's enthusiasm and energy. What do you think? Did this deserve an apology? I, you know, it's weird. You know, if you hire a stripper for a kindergarten kid, the Democrats applaud it. But if you hire a stripper for an old veteran, this doesn't work out. You know who wasn't complaining, Tommy? All of those nurses who are usually getting groped and grabbed by these dirty old men. There's no victim in this crime. There is absolutely no victim. And I'm not just saying that because I look like a guy who gets paid in singles. Uh, I'm saying that because this is ridiculous. Well, it was a Taiwanese nursing home. So I don't know how this would have <laughs> gone over. I don't know, ever over at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I feel like this probably has already happened, but I keep thinking about these, these veterans, these, these older residents there suffering from dementia and other disabilities. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Mm -hmm. Just let them enjoy themselves. If this is what's going to you know, make their lives better, more complete, I say just let them have fun. I'm not sure an apology was warranted in this situation, but you never no. know. <laughs> the only way, reason anyone should be apologizing is if they didn't tip well. 
Okay, fellas, you got to give a little greenery for the scenery. Absent that, no apology. I agree with you. Uh, we have limited time, so I have to go to my next one. Up next. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this, Jimmy, but apparently Chick-fil-A is not only homophobic, they are also racist. Now, I want you to take a look at this tweet, and I want you to find the racism. Your community will be the first to know if spicy items are added to the permanent menu, Dawn. Okay. Apparently, the word community was used in a racist way because the customer, Dawn, is apparently black. What do you think? Community is now a new dirty word. Do you agree? Obviously not. And I, again, I get paid in Chick-fil-A. Uh, so I have a little bit of a dog in this fight, judging by my physique. But it's just stupid. Like what they're teaching people to do, Tommy, and you know this, is look for reasons to be upset. If you're going to be upset at Chick-fil-A, be upset because there's 97 cars in the drive-in line. But they happen to work that line very quickly and they run the best business. The only thing to be mad at about Chick-fil-A is the fact that they're not open on Sunday, but even that's commendable because you've got somebody out there that still cares about people's quality of life. I'm team Chick-fil-A on this one, even if I wind up losing the weight that Fox wants me to lose. <laughs> Chick-fil-A just can't win. I mean, they're always something. Nope. They're always an ist of some sort. But weirdly, Jimmy, Chick-fil-A also used that dirty word community in reference to a yeah. white customer also in a tweet a couple of weeks prior. So I don't know. I don't know why we can't yeah. use the word community when we're talking um, to certain groups. That almost seems like the racist part. That's what's the scam. And the, the reason this is a losing battle is we're the fattest country in the world. You're never going to bring people over to your cause by fighting the fried chicken folks. Okay. Everyone's going to side with the fried chicken folks. Bottom line. Yeah, I'm just sad that there's now another word that we can't say anymore. They keep adding <laughs> they keep adding letters to the LGBTQ acronym, but now we can't even say community. So there's another word that's apparently on the banned list right it's next. Now LGBTQIA plus C for community now? Yes. Like this alphabet's getting long. I can't. I, I agree. I think that that's the, the next addition that needs to be made. But Jimmy, <laughs> I know that you're in New York, so you don't know how we do things down south. But this next one was low, even for Southerners. Now, I'm in Tennessee, so I don't have to have any loyalty or any love to Kentucky, but I'll tell you this. Kentucky fans last week were so excited about their unexpected win over the Florida Gators that they not only set their own town ablaze, which makes perfect sense, but they also roasted an actual Gator and allegedly ate it. That's, wow. That pisses me off as an animal advocate, but is this too far? It's Kentucky, but is this too far? I mean, I got to be honest. I am wearing right now a pair of alligator boots. So it's going to be a problem if I say, you know, how dare you? But it does look too far. When they say, like, act like you've been there before, killing one of their mascots uh, looks a little excessive to me. I always want to give Kentucky the benefit of the doubt because it's the home of the bourbon trail. But you know how you're supposed to designate a driver on the bourbon trail? Apparently, you're supposed to designate a party leader, too. Probably shouldn't have killed that gator. But in Kentucky football's defense, judging by the standings, they don't kill very often. <laughs> well, they were very excited about that win, and I can understand it. But I also want to go back to the fact that you are wearing gator boots. So you don't fit in in New York, but you certainly fit in with the bachelorettes here in Nashville, Tennessee. So you need to come <laughs> on back to Nashville and jump on one of those party pedal things, and you will fit in very well. I'll tell you that. It's one of the only places I'm still licensed to drive is one of those party pedal things. So deal me in. Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to hold you to that. But the next one, 
I've been wondering what you were going to say about this one. Every time I see her posts on Instagram, but I have to get your thoughts on the seemingly unstable enigma that is Britney Spears. Uh, let's play the video. Uh, it's it's very interesting. I don't know. Do you follow Britney Spears on Instagram, Jimmy? Yes, it's bizarre. Every time I open up my phone, she's getting naked again. I'm just confused as to if you want people to think that you're okay and you don't yes. need to be under a conservatorship, I don't know why you post these things. I can't look away. It's like a car crash. But what do we think? Mm. Uh, honestly, I think she's making the strongest case ever for the fact that the people running the conservatorship were right. Okay, if you want us to believe you're sane and coherent, you probably shouldn't be naked for 5 million people every 20 minutes. But that's the God's honest truth. She doesn't look all there. If, if you, And again, uh, I'm a guy who has a pretty happening search history on the old laptop, uh, but this is not good stuff. Yeah, I'm still hoping that she makes her triumphant return, but I don't know if I can see many more of those videos with the black eyeliner just streaming down her face and she always has to pull her shorts down to, I don't know, expose what when she's doing the weird dance moves. I just, Brittany, I, I hope yep. that you get well. But Jamie, I know you got to go back to radio. Thank you for joining me. I will see you next yep. time in the Fox studios and I can't wait to be around all your knickknacks once again. <laughs> I miss you already, Tommy. You're the coolest. Take care. Right. Thanks, Jimmy. All right. Up next, taking a break from politics, from losers and from weirdos to get some adoptable dogs a home. Real life puppies are joining me from the National Humane Society in studio next. All right, guys, we are back with the Nashville Humane Society. And obviously I have a little friend here, uh, a precious little baby. We always wanna get these dogs adopted. You know, me, I'm all about rescue, adopt, don't shop. And we partner with the National Humane Society to get these dogs adopted. And when you guys were here about a month ago, we had two wonderful dogs, both got adopted just a few days later. So we're so happy to hear that. And we're hoping to be the lucky charm that does that again. Yeah, we're hoping for that. Um, Adriana and Tramp were here last time yes. and uh, they both got adopted. Adriana's, we know who adopted her. It's like part of our extended family. So we're getting all these pup dates from her and she's doing amazing in her new home. And oh, so Tramp was adopted by his foster. After oh, he left good. you, he went to a foster home and it all worked out. I fell in love, foster fail. We love those two words together. I love it and I love that we get these two here today, and we're gonna work some magic and do the same thing. So I'm gonna start with Jax over here, who is incredibly well-behaved, by the way, for those, especially in the Nashville area, if you live out in the country and you need a dog that wants to run around on a ranch or a farm or, or whatever, this seems like the perfect dog for that. He's up for anything. He is such a calm, adaptable dog to any situation. He's five and a half years old. He's 66 pounds. He's a some sort of border collie mix, but he right. looks like a black golden retriever. You know, mm -hmm. he's just, but he's so sweet. Heads up, he gives the wettest kisses and um, he loves riding in the car. Like when we got here and he jumped out, he then jumped back in because he was like, no, this is so much fun. He Let's do it again. But he's really, he's housebroken, walks amazing on the leash. Like he is a perfect dog. He's moving ready. I'm not even holding on and he's just sitting right. here. I say that and he walks away. Well, of he's got, there's a lot of things to see in here. But you know, he also knows tricks. He knows sit. He knows shake. And Let's see him. Let's see him kiss. shake. You want to shake? There we oh, go. Right on command. Oh, look at that. And he knows how to look at the camera. He loves the camera. And you know, anytime I see a dog that's five years old or, you know, a little bit older mm -hmm. and you don't know, you know, his backstory because he came from another shelter. But I always think like someone had to have trained him and loved him. And then who knows what the situation was. Right. But he clearly is very well trained, very calm. 
And someone would love to have this dog at home. What yeah. a beautiful He's dog. He's a really good boy. Highly recommend this guy. Come on in and visit us. You know, we're open Tuesday through Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. No appointment needed. Just come on down, ask for Jax. He would love it. Jax is such a good dog. And now we've got a puppy here, too. We do. Who, this is a, a little pit. She's a little pity puppy dressed in pink. She got dressed up for you today. Uh, she's this is Daffodil. Daffodil. Eight weeks old, 10 pounds, and she's basically growing daily. Um, she's at the shelter right now with her uh, litter mate, uh, wait, Daffodil and Doodlebug. Daffodil and Doodlebug. <laughs> so she's Daffodil and Doodlebug. Sorry, sorry, Doodlebug. But yeah, they're both adorable, and they were, came to our shelter last week. So for people that have kind of a misconception of pit bulls, we know that there's a lot of shelters mm -hmm. that have a hard time with pit bulls. They have a hard time getting them adopted. There's always these misconceptions about them being aggressive dogs. So please help dispel some of that for, for families. I mean, obviously. I mean, obviously, be it, it's all how they get raised. And she is just an amazing, sweet puppy. Her demeanor is so calm. And, you know, we put that dress on her today, and she's like, I know I look pretty right now. And yeah. she was an angel in the car. Her brother, Doodlebug, I got to say his name again, um, is just as sweet and friendly. And it, they're really good dogs. It's just a misconception. And that's right. one of the reasons why, you know, puppies don't really need that much help getting adopted. But I wanted to bring this adorable puppy here today to show you they're right. there. Yeah. So what are some of the other dogs, just for people that are looking for dogs at the Humane Society? You guys have big dogs, little dogs, young dogs, old dogs. You guys have about everything imaginable. Yeah, there is an amazing selection right now at the shelter. So, you know, we've got older dogs. We've got a lot of puppies right now. And, um, of course, we've got cats and kittens. So, I mean, if you're looking for a medium-sized dog, if you're looking for a large dog like Jack's, or if you're looking for puppies like Daffodil, just come on down and visit us and just spend time with them. Fall in love and you can do a same-day adoption. So many people move into Nashville and they want to companion mm -hmm. and now the winter months are coming everybody wants to snuggle what a perfect time to get a dog snuggle go through the holiday season mm -hmm. and then keep them through the spring and the summer and have fun Nashville is the perfect place I also want to mention too that National Humane Society was one of the humane societies that took in some of those beagles that right. were from that uh, experimentation facility or right. they were going to be sold to the experimentation facility in Virginia that got busted and mm -hmm. all of those beagles got adopted so yep. we're happy to report they will not be experimented on thank God but these dogs are so beautiful and we encourage everybody to go to the National Humane Society check out Jack's check out Daffodil and Doodlebug and all the wonderful, and dogs. All wonderful dogs and we appreciate you guys so much all right guys and switching gears my final thoughts are next The UK will stop offering the COVID vax to healthy 5 to 11 year olds. And yes, I said COVID and vax, so cue the censorship and the info banners. Either way, I have some final thoughts. We know the whole my body, my choice thing is largely lost on liberals worldwide when it comes to the COVID never ending series of vaccines. Yet, in a surprising, logical, and wise move, the UK Health Security Agency, based on guidance from UK's Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunization, will no longer offer COVID vaccines to children ages 5 to 11. Now, this makes perfect sense. COVID is a glorified cold at this point, and even at the height of the pandemic, children were at the lowest risk. Yet, to keep the fear-demic going, certainly within the United States, 
Kids were still kept out of school, forced into remote learning, forced to forego extracurricular activities, miss out on school lunch program many desperately needed, and despite the absence of any long-term clinical trials, parents and students alike were then incessantly pressured to get injected with the experimental COVID vaccine. Some parents salivated with bizarre glee over vaccinating their young children, and according to some headlines, some in the UK still are. But is it parents that are upset with this new UK vaccination policy? Or big pharma-pushing academics who live and die by the vaccine gospel? One of the angered ones over in the UK is Christina Pegel of University College London, who acknowledged very few kids risk death from COVID or much risk at all, but that they should still vax up to keep them from spreading COVID. Christina, enough with the charade. The jig is up. We know the COVID vaccine doesn't prevent infection or spread, so the logic of pumping a vaccine with no concept of long-term side effects into the lowest risk age category willy-nilly to appease the elites at London universities is a load of bull. It's clear from the incredibly low child vax numbers in both the UK and the USA that parents aren't about it. And it's not because they're anti-vax either. The COVID vaccine is not the same as measles, mumps, and rubella, which have been time-tested, studied, and charted. And P.S. Most kids already had COVID, and the natural immunity is far stronger than however many shots you want to jab in their arms, whether the medical community wants to fully cop to that or not. And could someone please relay that to Democrat D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, who to this day and with all the science we have now is still dead set on a COVID vaccine mandate for students over 12 with her no shots, no school policy. The deadline for that has been extended to January. But keep in mind, Bowser has also vowed to cut off even remote learning for students that won't comply with the mandate, keeping them out of public education of any kind. This is lunacy tyranny and discriminatory, but it won't end until parents step up, stand up, and vote like their children depend on it because they do. I applaud the move made in the UK. It's a good start and places logic and reality over politics and pharma. We can only hope our CDC, our government, or at the very least our courts here across the pond are wise enough to scrap the jab pushing and at least leave kids alone. Those are my final thoughts. Be sure to catch the entire show and exclusive content on Outkick.com. Also, make sure to follow me at Tommy Laren on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. From Nashville, God bless and take care.